Jason Country Nights with Evan Paul on demand, episode 58 with Parker McCollum. Um, let me ask uh, in the married life, do you ever write a song for your wife and she's like, eh, that ain't it, man. Oh, no, she's she's pretty sweet about it. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's plenty she doesn't probably think are all that good, but um, she always seems to tell me that she thinks they are. We had a great chat with Parker McCollum. He's truly one of the nicest country artists there are, and all country artists are nice. So it's like, what can you do, man? This guy is great. However you got here, thank you so much for being a part of Taste of Country Nights On Demand. Give us a like, a rating, a subscribe. We could use it all. We appreciate it. Taste of Country Nights, Evan Paul here with Parker McCollum. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, dude, you you look straight like Elvis right now. I've never seen so much jewelry. I'm oh, loving no. I thought I had a lot of chains, bro. That's no. sweet. Thank Check you. out the ring. Show the rings on camera. I love it. Man, I, I am a fan of the rings. Dude, I love that, man. How's everything going? You good? It's pretty good right now. Yeah. Tell me about uh, Handle on You. Give me the story behind that one. Man, that was... Uh, you know, Monte Cristo had that title, you know, finally got a handle on you. And um, I was trying to, you know, write something a little different than what I'd been cranking out at the time. Kind of seemed it was getting a little repetitive. And that seemed like a little something different that was a fun opportunity. And um, I was kind of going through it a little at the time anyways and was kind of living that life um, at the time and tried to put it down on paper. And, um, man, I'm just, I'm just glad we had a, a melody that was good enough to – um, you know, do that title justice because it was such a good idea for a song and um, just thrilled at how well it's going. Let me ask you about a specific lyric. Uh, I tell myself I should quit, but I don't listen to drunks. Mm-hmm. Give me some more information on that. Man, I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, we needed a, it's the curse of a song, right? The second verse, you write the first one, get the chorus and everything's going well. And then sometimes the second verse doesn't hit as hard. And uh, my brother told me when I was really young, you know, the best songwriters, uh, save their best lines um, for verses and not as hooks. And I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I've certainly stuck with that for a long time. And um, that was kind of the perfect opportunity for it. I thought that was a great line. And um, Who are the drunks? Like people at the bar that are like, uh, well, you would be the drunk. <laughs> you know, I tell myself I should quit, but I don't listen to drunks. So you're the drunk. I got you. I wouldn't tell you to quit, man. Hey, I got you. Um, your new song is kind of a breakup song type, yeah. right? Right. Um, it's funny. That's the first release after you get married. Is it hard to write breakup songs when you're happily in a relationship? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I think I've just done it for so long and I think there will always kind of be that little part of me that's probably broken anyways. Um, at least you know, on a super small scale. Um, and, uh, whenever I need to write those songs, I just kind of go there. Okay, and you're about to celebrate your six month anniversary. Yes, sir. Time's flying by. Crazy. Now you're a great. You're a gentleman. Like I tell everybody, I met you one time, and I was with a female coworker, and you took your hat off, and you were yes, like, sir. "Dude, I mean, you are a gentleman." Now, does a gentleman get a six month anniversary present? Oh, I don't think so, man. I, I uh, you know, she always says I'm hard to buy for because um, I buy everything for myself, anyways. Um, but. Uh, are no, you going to get her not, some? Certainly not expecting anything. What about, are you going to get her something? No, man, I, I think, you know, we we get to do so much cool stuff throughout the year. You know, it's uh, we get to travel and go to so many different places, have so many good experiences. Um, I don't know if six months is celebratory just yet. 
Do you know her Starbucks order? Um, well, it kind of changes, but she she likes the seasonal drink, so I'm sure she's on the pumpkin spice right now. So if she asks you to go order it, could you like, could you make oh, yeah. it happen? I get her something she likes because sure. that's like almost deeper than having her phone code. Like yeah. to get in is knowing a girl Starbucks order. That's important. Yeah, that's when you know you're in there. Um, where were you when you found out you were nominated for uh, a CMA? Um, I was at my dad's house in Austin. Um, I think I just woken up. We were about to go work out or I think we we're going to work out real early in the morning. And, um, I saw something on the internet saying that I was nominated and so gave us a little extra juice for the workout. <laughs> and, uh, did you call people? Like, what'd you do? Or are you just like, um, I mean that nowadays, you know, everybody sees it on the internet too. So, yeah. um, everybody already kind of knows, but you get some good congratulatory texts, you know? And, um, I mean, it's, it's such a good thing, man. I know, you know, a lot of people that work so hard in country music throughout the year and, and, uh, yeah, not everybody gets to go to the awards and enjoy a nomination or a win or anything like that. So I really try to be grateful for it and maybe the last time ever. So soak it up. Um, as a songwriter, did you see Hardy's speech at the ACM Honors? I did not. No, sir. Okay. I, I should have had it pulled up, but I don't. Should I pull it up or you'll put it in post? Okay. Um, Hardy said that he was doing a songwriter's round at a bar or something and they had a tip jar. I did see that. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Has anyone ever told you like this ain't it stop doing it? And like, does that fuel your fire? Man, uh, I never really had, you know, I was, I was really lucky. Everybody for the most part around me just kind of was like, man, you can do this. You can do this. Um, everybody always said that they knew like they were like, man, we had no doubt that you'd you get to where you are, where you could be. Um, so I was, I was blessed in that aspect, man. I had a, had a lot of really good support system around me. Tell me about this six part docu series that you're doing. Uh, oh, the uh, <clears throat> with uh, Peter Zavadil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We kind of put a little halt to it, to, to it, man. I've been so, so, so busy on the road and trying to finish this record, like swamped and completely swallowed by it all. But um, I think we'll get back to it at some point. Okay. Um, what have you learned from touring with Thomas Rhett? Man, it, it's a it's a real treat just to get to watch him, how he carries himself and goes about his business every night. Um, how consistent he is. Um, it's probably the, the number one thing I've tried to take away from it. Um, you know, and just every night he's given 110%. And that's hard to do every night. Some nights you're not feeling it. Um, and you got to go out there and entertain those people that paid their hard-earned money to come see a show. And you got to put a show on, and he puts doing just an insanely good show on every single night, brings the energy. And uh, so I've, I've really paid a lot of attention to that. Um, have there been any pranks or anything happening between you and Connor and no, TR? Not, not yet, man. It's uh, There may be some talks about it for the end of the tour, but um, nothing revealed yet. Okay, okay. Um, what was going through your head uh, when you got to open up for George Strait recently? Man, I, I don't know. I knew he was probably, you know, I knew he was not listening or watching, so the pressure wasn't on too much. Um, but it was just insane to be on the bill with him and, you know, see the dressing room next to ours, ace in the whole band dressing room next to Parker McCollum dressing room was was pretty dang cool. Um, and then obviously to, you know, load our stuff on and off the stage and um, sound check and do all of that with all his stuff on stage too was pretty cool, man. It's like nothing else. And you told me in the past you got to meet him briefly uh, at a Maddie and Tay show, uh, I think. Um, did you get to talk to him any this time? Or No, I never saw him this time. Okay. Um, you know, he's a 
mega mega king of country superstar. So uh, can you text him? No, no, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't text him. No, I mean like, can you? Not now, but like, can you? Like, if you wanted to text George Strait, like, could you? Uh, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we're on the same record label. I'm, I'm sure I could probably weasel my way into that. But I don't, I don't think I would, man. I, I'm not. I don't really. Uh, you know, he, he's such a standard for me, and um, um, I, I, I try to, you know, look at how he's gone about his career and carried himself and gone about his business, and and try to emulate a lot of that, um, just from the personal side of things, and be my own person creatively and my own brand and everything. Um, but as far as you know, a businessman and just a person overall, I think he's done it really, really well, handled, you know, such a crazy, crazy career so well. Um, I try to emulate a lot of that stuff. And um, I think knowing him would kind of, uh, or, or text him with him or realizing that he's just a regular person and he's not this fictional superhero would, I, I like that he's still that in my mind. Uh, Dude, so. that makes so much sense. Like I would compare that. Like to me, that would be like a, I wouldn't want to ever meet Hulk Hogan because yeah, like I, you know, like to me, it's like you know, what I'm saying like as a kid, like you won't grow up watching. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, thank you for putting that in uh, that perspective. Yes, that's sir. that's cool, man. Um, what's oh, you were talking about emulating George and stuff like that, but then like Rolling Stone magazine compares you to like out of genre people too, like the John Mayer. I read. What does that mean, and does that have any effect on you? Do, do you appreciate that? Like, have you met John? Do you listen to John's music? Yeah, John and George are my two top two all time. Um, but no, never met him. Listen to him every day. Know his records front to back. Um, but just not. Uh, I don't know. The comparisons to to either of those two are not uh, correct, or or even close to hitting home. Um, I think what I do is very different. I think I am very different. And them, um, I just have the, as much admiration for their craft and, and the way they've gone about their career as one could have for another. Um, and that's, that's really all it is. Um, let me ask, uh, in the married life, do you ever write a song for your wife? And she's like, ah, that ain't it, man. Oh no. She's, she's pretty sweet about it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty. She doesn't probably think are all that good, but, um, she always seems to tell me that she thinks they are. Okay. Did you ever consider going by a different stage name ever? Like, were there ever any ideas to make you go by a different name? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure every artist thinks about that at some time. I always liked how Robert Earl Keane went by all three names, you know. Um, so Parker Yancey McCollum was kind of a thought real early on, using my middle name too, but um, not too much. What's a nickname that only your family gets to call you? Uh, Boo. Explain. I was a surprise. <laughs> they call me Boo. My sister still calls me Boo all the time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I know. True story. <laughs> um. Okay. What uh, is on your backstage tour rider list on the TR tour? Like, what do you rec- what do you need backstage? Uh, man, usually um, I let the band kind of do our rider. Um, I usually already have everything I, already, I ever need on my bus. Um, so they've kind of taken over the rider recently. Um, but I mean, it's usually they got some weird IPA beer or something that they're want, that they're drinking that they want or um, stuff like that. But ours is not too crazy. Uh, like, do you have catering backstage and stuff? Yeah, I usually have catering, and but I don't ever get to. I don't ever mess with the menu. Or I just eat whatever's on there. 
Okay. All right. Um, you've had some success. What's your biggest I've made it purchase? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've made it yet. I, I mean, I've bought any I've made it purchases yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always wanted a Corvette Z06 manual since I was like a little bit of kid. So I bought one of those this time about a year ago. Well, uh, a new one. Uh, it's 2016. Yeah. What color? Uh, all white and black. Ooh, okay. All right. And you whip around your hometown in that? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very loud. What do you listen to when you're in it? Uh, man, I don't know. Kind of sometimes, like, I listen to that Pretty Little Adriana by Vince Gill, like, 45 times in a row last week. Um, but, man, a lot of times I'll listen to, like, um, uh, man, I like Aerosmith in the Corvette. Um, I like listening to the band in the Corvette, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's certainly, I mean, I feel like you can't drive that car and not have the music blaring. Yeah. And you're a tall dude. I mean, it's gotta be close, right? It's, it's, it's a getting out of it. Doesn't look near as cool as getting in it. (laughs) And finally, what are you working on music wise right now? Uh, man, I think I just finished this record. We got to finish. We got to cut a couple more songs and some. Cut, a, cut some songs I wrote this weekend, but I think as far as writing it, it's done. How many you think they'll be on it? I don't know. We'll have to see. I think you know. No, not yet. It's okay. tentative. <laughs> Subject right, to change. Dude, well, we're excited for you, man. Congrats on all the success. Thanks, bro. All right, we're going to bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview. I love Parker McCollum, by the way. He is, he is the man. My favorite part about this interview is towards the end when he kind of talks about how much he has respect for George Strait, and you're like, dude, that's how I feel about the Hulkster. <laughs> hey, that's the only thing I, I can relate to. You know, I was like, uh, I mean, of course I have respect for George Strait, but yeah, I, I've i loved Parker McCollum ever since like the first time I've chatted with him, and when I met him for the first time in person, I was with Jess from Taste of Country Weekend at the uh, mm-hmm. A... Uh, uh, ACM, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he came up and like shook my hand and then like stepped back two feet, took his head off, or his, took his head off, took his hat off, and like almost like bowed down to her. And that's how he meets like every woman. And like this guy is like the most polite, like just a Texas country boy, and he's got talent. I, the video of that is special because you can almost literally see Jess swoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny because after Parker left, after the interview, uh, Jess was like, it took her a minute to like realize like what, what happened. And then she was like, she was like, wow. Like, I've, I don't think either of us have ever witnessed anything like that in person. Parker's in a really interesting spot in his career because I think on a national level, he's still, I would say, a new artist. Like when he goes up to like the Northeast or even the West, you know, he's probably playing clubs. But then in Texas, he's headlining the Houston Rodeo. Like he is a huge deal. So I I, got to think like emotionally, it's difficult to balance that, like different sides of your ego. Yeah, I always wonder about things like that because you see it doesn't really happen in Nashville per se like I feel like if you there's nobody in country music that has made it from Nashville that no one else really knows about as a lot I feel like from Texas there's a lot of artists that are like 
really famous in Texas, you know, like Aaron Watson and stuff. And then when they go out on the road, it's, it, yeah, it's got to be a little different because he can, he's like headlining the Houston rodeo or whatnot, you know, but, and then he's like opening for other people nationally. Do you think it's a little bit like maybe being like a morning radio DJ in wherever America, but then, you know, you go two States over and you're just Tom or Charles or Brenda or or, or something like that. And like the, the swagger doesn't travel necessarily, but it does travel with him. Like he's got all sorts of swagger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is like being a radio DJ. That's funny. Uh, yeah, you drive like an hour away from the signal and no one knows who you are or cares, you know, and people already don't know who you are and care when you're in the signal. Uh, but yeah, with Parker, he comes in like you could tell, like I, I took notice, like he's got all kinds of rings. He's got some necklaces. His shirt was, it was just a, a Vans t-shirt, but it was like, you couldn't find a wrinkle on that thing, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, he came in. It just kind of gave me like um, he he has like an Elvis Presley vibe. Now I've never met Elvis, but like you know, I don't know. He just comes in like, uh, yeah, how you doing there, sir? You you good young lady? You know, it's very uh, gentlemanly, very well dressed. I counted. I, I pulled up the picture just for this. I, I counted three gold chains, and I think his wedding ring is like gold and diamonds, but it's like in the shape of a horseshoe. Yeah. Like he, he's got some bling. Yeah, I I didn't I don't know if did he have a pinky ring on cuz that's that's next level. Might have. Once you Yeah. Yeah, if you have a pinky ring, that's I mean, I shouldn't <laughs> even have been in his presence. I always I'm always a little nervous about men with pinky rings cuz I never quite know what that symbolizes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my dad my dad wore a pinky ring and he swore to us that he was in the CIA and couldn't talk about it. So right. I don't know, man. I might have There's something the truth. with it. Yeah, there's something with a pinky ring. I, I get a sense that Parker, he's either done with like the comparisons to George Strait and John Mayer, or he, he just doesn't like them. I, where do you fall on that? You think he's sick of it, or just just flat out doesn't like that? I think he doesn't like it. Like he was like, um, and the way he described it to me was that he, um, you know, as you heard if you listened earlier to the podcast, he um, is. Like the looks at George Strait like Superman, you know. So it's like you don't. He doesn't want to meet George Strait, you know. He almost doesn't want to hang out with George Strait per se because he doesn't want to know that he is normal. You know, he doesn't want to know that George is normal and not a superhero. So I could see that messing with his brain if someone compares him to that. You know, I could see that. But I mean, I mean, quite the comparison though. Right for both of those guys, and I, I kind of feel like he's maybe even a little bit. I don't know. It's not all that creative of a comparison with either of those artists. Like both of them are just like these huge names, and he sings country, and he's from Texas, so people compare him to George Strait. But he's also kind of soft and um, has this sort of broken-hearted spirit, so people think John Mayer. Like I wonder if even just from an artistic standpoint, he's like, oh come on, people, can't you do a little bit better than those two guys? <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you um uh, uh I mean Parker, I mean we we both like him and he says good things, but he he's not a I mean he's not a talk box necessarily. Um is it a challenge to interview him? It is. Yeah. Yeah, so he's there's a lot of artists that are like that. They're extremely mm-hmm. nice, you know, but they when someone just uh it's just hard. He just doesn't talk a lot. It's so it's 
it's a challenge. You always have to be ready for, with your next question a little faster than you normally would be. You just have to have it in the bank in your head just in case you have to go to it because, you know, you never know. But it, it, John Party's a little bit like that in the beginning, but John Party, if you give yeah. him space, he'll elaborate. But uh, Parker doesn't really – you can give him some space, but he, he stands firm at, you know, what he said. So it's kind of – that's why I think he's going to be like a good dad to like a, he's going to be a good girl dad one day. Like he's going to be the guy that scares the girl's date, you know, like he, he's a man of, you don't need to speak much, but you know what he's saying. Yeah. And he's also not going to talk over his daughters as they're trying to kind of like talk to him. Like they'll have room to speak and he'll, he'll, he'll be a, a great <laughs> listener, so to speak. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I always call the questions you have at the end, um, I, I think from kind of a little bit as like fishing questions, because they're kind of a, a rattle of questions that you kind of rip off. And some produce great answers, some some don't. But, uh, you know, he, you got a, a good one out of him when it came to the nickname that his family calls him. Uh, that's a great story. Boo. That is. Yeah, that is a great story. I thought it was going to be something about Halloween, but when he just, and, and the way he dropped the joke, it was like so dry. It was like perfect. He was like, boo, because I was yeah. uh, a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's classic. That's, that's a good one. Uh, the stage name, the backstage writer, we've gotten a lot of juice out of lately. Yeah, and um, I don't know. In an, we'll be doing an upcoming podcast with Lainey Wilson, and mm -hmm. she mentioned reading about all the other artists that we've talked to as tour writers. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we need to keep that going. That could be like a thing. She called out like her la her label mate Jimmy Allen and his underwear. I, he, she's next week, by the way. That's right. Lainey is going to be hanging out with us uh, next week here on Taste of Country Nights on Demand. And thank you for hanging out with us right now. We appreciate you. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.